one way that I like to think about the practice that we're doing is I think about it as mind turning. We're actually turning the mind. Turning the mind away from the causes and conditions that give rise to our pain, our suffering, dukkha. And through our understanding of the mind and beginning to train the mind, we turn the mind towards more of the causes and conditions that give rise to happiness and contentment and ease and love and equanimity. And it's, a, it's a quite a powerful technology, which is why I think it's taken hold like this in our, in our culture now, because it works. It actually works that when we actually put in the time and put in the effort to sit and look at our own mind and our own heart to see what we can understand, then we can engage and participate in that trans- transformation, the transforma- transformation of the mind-heart, the citta. And so we have been offered this one template of the four foundations of mindfulness, this satipatthana, sati, mindfulness, patana is usually translated as foundations. So these four foundations that we base our um, practice on, particularly when we come to retreat. So that's the order that you will have seen us enter into. So beginning with the first foundation, we began with the body, the foundation of body, to know this body as a body, to know the body as a body, and really bringing our attention more fully to the body, the experience of that, so that rather than this being kind of a solid, fixed thing that we kind of have to manage and <laughs> carry around with us. And we start to see it for what it really is. We start to break it down into these more transient sensations. The sensations even of seeing and hearing and tasting and uh, smelling and feeling the touch, the touch, touching, touching both the outer and the inner, uh, touching, making contact with the sensations of the body, the inner, the subtle, the subtle sensations of, 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 of uh, warmth and uh, coolness and, and uh, energy, vibration, um, the subtle uh, ways that this body manifests light, density, hardness, all these ele- more elemental aspects of the body. So it's not so solid, it's not so uh, fixed in uh, time and space. So we spend time on that. There are many, many more instructions in the Satipatthana Sutta on working with the body, but we primarily offer this orientation when we come on retreat, this really bringing our attention more fully into the body as a way to ground our attention away from the entanglements of the mind because when we're caught up in our stories and our, our, our uh, uh, memories and our plans, we're not really able to feel and sense so directly what's happening in the body. So we begin this way, giving ourselves some ground some orientation to being here, being present with the immediacy of what's arising through the body. And then we begin to open that up to the second foundation, which is the Vedana, or the often called the feeling tone, the, the tone of the experience that's arising, this pleasant, unpleasant, somewhere in between. And every moment of experience has a tone, a tonal quality to it. Every moment we can sense in and feel whether it's pleasant or unpleasant or somewhere in between. And so we're starting to get a sense of that uh, characteristic 
of our experience, that it has this quality before we do anything with it. It's to know the feeling tone as feeling tone. You don't have to do anything with it. It's a bare attention. Just like with the body, it's a bare attention to the body, bare attention to the feeling tone before we start to engage. And then the third foundation, the foundation often called the foundation of a mindfulness of mind. So we begin to see the difference between the body and the mind. This mental activity, right? thinking, uh, the pictures, the images in the mind, this activity of mind, get to know it. As Catherine read from the sutta, it's just the bare attention. The practitioner, the practitioner knows the mind that is filled with lust. The practitioner knows the mind that is free of lust. The practitioner knows the mind that is filled with ill will. The practitioner knows the mind that is free, that is absent of ill will. So so what's so lovely as we start to understand the orientation of this instruction is we're just really collecting data. Oh, the mind is like this. Oh, the body's like this. Oh, the feeling tone's like this. And it's really starts, it really starts to orient us towards the equanimity before the reactivity, before the wanting, the not wanting, the liking, the not liking. We're just seeing in a way, we're getting a sense of the atmosphere of this experience. And the more that we're able to just know objectively, just knowing the mind as the mind, it's just the mind filled with uh, expansiveness. It's a mind that's filled with contractedness. Just knowing that before anything, the pre, I sometimes call it the pre-thought moment, it's like this. It's like this. Now, of course, it doesn't stay like that, right? That's where, where the more that we're actually able to train that attention, then we can start to see more clearly how the mind moves in reaction. It feels like this, it's pleasant. I like that, I want more of it. It feels like this, it's unpleasant, it's really painful. I don't want any more of this. And then we get, the mind starts to move and to categorize, I want this, I don't want this, and then that's what gets stronger and stronger, and we find ourselves caught in that uh, play of the mind, and almost those habits, the habits of mind start to drive our experience, rather than the qualities of our being that, are, that move from wisdom and love and compassion. This is the turning So we start to turn through our attention, our awareness. We start to turn the mind more towards the conditions that are going to create some ease, some balance, because we see it. And this brings us to the fourth foundation. So the fourth foundation, sometimes uh, it's called all sort of different things. It's not so straightforward as the first three. Sometimes it's called mindfulness of dharmas, dharmas, or the dharma qualities. Where in the fourth foundation, and of course it's not linear like this, but we start to, we can kind of see the map more. In the fourth foundation, we start to work more directly with the turning, with the transformative powers of the mind. And it's usually a a simple way of understanding, and it's when we recognize the hindrances in the mind, the grasping, the aversion, the tiredness, the restlessness, the doubt, when we recognize those, we start to engage in a way with the mind states in a way that brings about more release, more balance, more ease, more love, more capacity to be present and equanimous with what's occurring. So as we practice that, we get to know, see, we get to know the hindrances. It's not like they shouldn't be happening. This is part of the examination, the investigation. We go, oh yeah, my mind is really filled with doubt. How do I need to be with this so that I'm not continuing to reinforce that doubt? 
oh, my, ma- my heart, my mind is really contracted in a lot of anger and ill will. I see that. I see, the, I know the mind as the mind, the chitta as the chitta. How do I be with that? How do I bring more kindness, less reactivity? So we begin to engage in the, really the fourth, fourth foundation here. And this is what gives rise to what's called the awakening factors. One of the templates that I, that I brought forth were the spiritual faculties or powers. And that's, it, this, the, the awakening factors include some of those, but it's a different, kind of a different lens when we talk about the awakening factors. So, so the, the spiritual faculties, I see it's more as the engine, as those get working, as those start to work together, it drives our practice in a really uh, clear and energetic way. When we talk about the awakening factors, in a way we're actually seeing the qualities of the awakened mind start to rise like the sun coming up in the morning. Things start to get brighter more luminous, more radiant. Our experience starts to feel more integrated, more balanced, more satisfactory, more content. It's like the sun, the warmth of the sun, bringing its light forth. So the mindfulness is the first of those factors, it's, but it's the overarching one. It's the one that just can see and know what's happening. That gets stronger. We cultivate that. And the next three bring forth a kind of energizing uh, quality in our practice that overcomes the dullness and the sleepiness and the tiredness in our practice. And that is one of, the second one is investigation, this quality of really being a, be curious and wanting to know our experience, this kind of pure interest and curiosity that arises as the attention gets stronger. And then it brings the third factor of energy. As we are mindful and we're more curious, then the energy starts to rise with that curiosity and interest, which then brings joy, brings delight, pity. Right? And that energizes, right? The mind gets bright, energized, alert, vital, awake. And then this is countered with what's called the calming factor, so that the mind doesn't get too <laughs> energetic. Right? It's like, ah! <laughs> so there's a natural kind of orientation where there's the, the calming, where, the, where, where we begin to relax. So the fifth factor being more tranquil, Relaxation, so it balances that tendency, the counter tendency to get too off balance with the energy. So then we can practice, and each one of these are practices, so then we can start to practice with the calming, knowing how to bring more e- tranquility, gentle breathing, slowing down, uh, watching the, the, how we grasp to the excitement, beginning to let go, releasing becoming more tranquil, which then brings us to the sixth factor of concentration where the mind becomes more steady, becomes more one-pointed, becomes more clear. We can then focus on what's occurring, the steadiness of mind. And then the last of the awakening factors is equanimity, where the mind releases its reactivity. There's no more preferencing about what's actually occurring. It's the pure awareness, the pure knowing of what it is without so much of this, but I want this and I don't want that and I like that. Just the seeing, just the knowing and the resting in that. Equanimity is considered the highest peace because it's so restful. The mind isn't moving in that reactivity. It's settled, it's happy, it's content with what is. It's like this. It's just like this now. This is the way my heart is right now. 
that radical acceptance of the way things are. So this is a the sort of the tech, I like to call it the technology. And it's really simple. Once we start to understand how this works. So we call it a practice. We practice. Once we start to know all these different uh, bits and pieces and how they fit together and how they work together, we can start, it's like learning how to drive a car. You know, well, this is the steering wheel, this is the accelerator, this is the brake, this is the gear shift, that's the speedometer, the windshield. (laughs) You know, it's like we start to learn how to actually drive the car. And in the same way, we're learning how to drive our experience so that we're going in the right direction. (laughs) We're actually going in the direction that the heart wants to go in which is to be more present, to be more equanimous, I do, more equanimous, less reactive, more open-hearted, more loving, caring, compassionate, wise. And then we begin to have more resources to navigate in this very, very challenging world that we find ourselves in. So it's, a, it's a re- resourceful, We're learning tools, we're learning techniques, methodology, because we need help. (laughs) We need help. If we keep going in the direction that we're going in, we know we have a sense of where we're going to wind up. And not just individually, but as a species. So we have this beautiful, precious technology that has been offered to us. And it's true, we don't just get it. It's not like we're you know, supposed to sit down and then it, the mind is open and clear, and then when it isn't, we judge ourselves and get upset. It's, <laughs> it's a path of practice. It's a path that requires learning and studying, actually. Being interested in how it all works together so that I can keep my foot on the pedal and apply my understanding, apply what I, what I know is true, so that when I see my mind caught in judgment, there is some awareness that says, that's not helpful. That condition is not going to bring me to more happiness and ease. It's, it's, it closes my heart. It shuts it down. And the mindfulness sees that. The attention recognizes that. And then as we develop a certain level of skillfulness, there's a natural movement to want to stop that. Stop it. Don't do it anymore. It's like sometimes we just say that, right? Stop. (laughs) No, I'm not going to give that my attention. I'm not going to keep reinforcing that pattern because it's so painful. I'm going to be watchful of the way, the tone of the voice in my mind, so that I soften that. I speak more kindly, softly to myself. It's like there's so many patterns that we're learning to overcome, and this is the turning. We turn the mind, or the vehicle, or the car. We go in a different direction. As Jan I was saying yesterday morning, do something differently. As I worked with this, love this teacher, uh, Sayadaw Tejaniya, who's been a wonderful influence here in our tradition, and Burmese, Burmese monk, who, it's one of his primary teachings, do something differently. <laughs> I, lo- I use that so often in my, my day. Okay, you're doing, this is really repetitive and it's really causing me a lot of tension and it's really causing a lot of contraction. What can I do differently in this moment? Stop, take a breath, go in a different direction, walk in another room, turn that device off, take a break, breathe, look at the sun. This morning I walked out and of my, my cottage, and it was so bright. It was like the light just kind of struck me. Took it in, let the mind expand with the light. 
aware of the snow flurries as I look out the window. They weren't there when I left my cottage and looking out the window. What's the impact of looking at the snow flurries? What does it do to my heart? What does it do to my mind? It, it brightens, it softens. There's joy. Expand with that. That's want to reinforce those conditions. So we get to know this, what to move towards and what to move away from. So we're not just caught in the habitual way of being. Yeah, that, that will lead me to more openness and love and happiness. That's leading me down a road that just leads to more contraction, more pain. Do something differently. Bring forth the wisdom, the awareness, the skills, the tools, the methodology. This is the invitation. And this is the way we can participate in our own awakening. It's up to us. The Buddha said, I took care of my awakening. Now I offer this to you to take care of yours. Nobody can do it for us. Each one of us is responsible. And now it's not just being responsible for our own awakening, but having some deep sense that our own awakening then impacts this entire world. In some ways, our, the, the urgency and the sense of responsibility has increased a bit for us. So we'll take some time this morning. Practice now. Engaging with our experience in a way that we're orienting towards these causes and conditions that bring about more ease and balance. Softening the ways that we get caught in our reactivity, preferencing, wanting, rejecting. Coming into this posture that is supportive for the stillness, Posture itself, supporting conditions for clear seeing. So this pool, the pond, can get clarified from the ripples, the wind, the winds of the mind. So that we can see more clearly the reflection of what's being reflected back in consciousness, in our mind and body experience. Breathing, settling, making contact with the immediacy of our experience as it is. It's like this. It's like this now. Can I open to the way things are? Even if I find there's some reactivity in my mind, can I open to that without adding more? More judgment? More grasping? more rejecting. Can I see that and let go, soften, relax, relax the grip, relax the hold, participate in this way, Bringing this kind and caring attention 
just what's here, this moment, just this moment.
rest back in the open space of awareness, allowing things to arise and pass without holding on, without rejecting phenomena coming and going, thoughts, images, bodily sensations, sounds, rising and passing in the open flow of awareness. Rest back, settle,
I remember at the beginning of the retreat, I was talking about how there's a natural rhythm that occurs through an arc of a retreat and that we have a beginning, we have a middle, and we have an end. And each of those expresses itself in a different way, as you may have a clearer sense of now. And I don't think probably many people are not aware of what phase we're in right now. <laughs> How we're leaning now right, towards the, the ending tomorrow. And each, each one of those, you know, it really does have a, a feel. We have a feel for that. And our body-mind experience takes shape depending on the causes and conditions, the conditions of what's happening. So it's not unusual at this, on this day for the mind to lean out to the next thing, what's going to happen after or tomorrow or making some plans or whatever. It's not unusual. And so, so what's beautiful about a day like today when we have so much momentum in our practice with mindfulness and concentration and the qualities of heart that we can bring to what we see is we can practice with whatever is arising here in this moment today. So when we feel our energy or our attention leaning out into the future, perhaps we can have some reflection that it's happening now, that we actually haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> it's a thought, it's a thinking pattern about the, what we call the future that doesn't even really ever arrive because we're always here when we really start to get that, there is no future. It's a a concept. (laughs) Just as the past is now a concept because it's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. I remember Jack Kornfield in the early days saying, it's back there with Alexander the Great. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's just this moment. So, so So in the same way, we're continually bringing our wisdom and our understanding and our skills right here now to whatever's occurring. So today we really want to notice if those energies are happening either through sometimes the body, we can feel the leaning, the actual leaning. Some people were talking about that in the small groups where the, 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 the physical body starts to lean, almost like we're being pulled by a string. You know, well, this is going to happen and that's going to happen and I have to do that and blah, blah, blah. And, and we lose, we, we lose, can lose our balance, and so it's a nice practice just to keep settling back energetically, breathing, dropping, dropping into this, the, the fullness of this moment as it is, which might mean that the mind is moving and planning, but we know it. And we just know the mind is planning. And then it's really helpful, and this is a helpful uh, skill to have when we are in our daily lives as well. Is that planning useful? It's a wonderful question we could always ask ourselves when the mind's engaged. Is this useful right now? Is there anything that I really need to do to attend to this now? Most likely, we don't. But that anxi- the anxiety and the worry and the restlessness, it's easy for that to get hooked in with our planning mind. It's a wonderful time to really to pay attention to that, to see what we can learn, what we can understand about that leaning, that leaning in and then settling back. Now, the immediacy, coming into the immediacy of being here, this is our most precious moment And the more that I take care of this moment now, the next moment takes care of itself because I'm here. So we're practicing that quality of here, here, I'm here. So that it's, we see more and more it's all arising here. It's all here. So what do I, how do I need to attend to my experience here now? What's useful, what's not useful? 
leaning, what do I need to lean towards, to move towards, what do I need to move away from? What's useful, what's not useful? What's helpful, what's not helpful for this moment? So it's a little bit how we can orient our practice today. And there's nothing wrong, there's nothing bad. It's not like you're doing anything wrong. It's just how can we bring that fully into our practice today? So having said that, uh, we want to keep our practice as simple as we can. If you find things starting, the energy starting to arise, starting to stir up a little bit, coming back to the simplicity of the practice is one of the beautiful things. Just one step, one, the foot, just one sensation of the foot on the ground. Or just one breath, coming back one breath. It's a way of bringing a little bit more of the tranquility, the settledness as opposed to the energizing calming, bringing in the qualities of calming. Right? And opening up the space. Keep opening. If you feel yourself getting contracted or, or tight, just, again, the breathing, looking out, like uh, that example of the flurries, the snow flurries, just looking out. What can help expand the heart, expand the mind, so we do something different than just to be getting caught in the contraction and the worry and the fear and the anxiety? Ah. So we're learning these tools now. And so in that regard, too, we have put up uh, some uh, slots for individual interviews today because we're not having the group meetings now, so it left us a little more time to meet with you one-to-one. So please do take advantage of those opportunities. And we would like to encourage you as well to, um, as I've just been speaking about the practice, we would like to invite you, if you do come and sit with us, let's talk about the practice rather than planning <laughs> your future or you know, what, your, what your, your, life, your life plans. Um, how is the practice supporting you now? What can, what can help you now? Even if there is something that you're moving to, how can we bring that our, our, our mindfulness to it and our wisdom and our curiosity and our, in, our investigation now. So we're really bringing it right into the practice. So there's a, a shift of our schedule today as well, and Catherine's going to um, share that with you, let you know how this day is changing. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.